following audio is from West Pines Community Church. For more information about West Pines, visit us online at westpines.org. You can join us live Sunday mornings at 9, 10, 30, or 12 in Pembroke Pines, Florida, or online at westpines.org. Recently, we had a house father retire, and when he retired uh, from Sheridan House, the boys, several of the boys came back. We didn't really invite him back. They just came back to see uh, Steve, and one of them, the one on the far right, I think it was, made the statement, you're the dad I never had. I'm doing what I'm doing today because of what you did in my life. Period. We have a chance to do ministry here. But before we do ministry, I want to talk about what ministry is. Ministry takes place when resources, ministry takes place when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. Let me break it down again. Ministry takes place when? When divine resources. Can I say, this isn't yours. I didn't earn growing up in America. I didn't earn have the privilege of working in America. When I was being getting ready to be conceived, God didn't say to me, preconceived Bob, uh, where would you like to grow up? Where would you like to live? Where would you? And it has to. We're going to limit it to A's, A words. Austria, Australia, America. He didn't do that. He just put me here in the greatest country in the world. I had the privilege of being here. And with that privilege, I need to know, wow, there comes huge responsibility. This, this, Bob, this isn't yours. This is yours to use. This is yours, not out of guilt, out of amazing gratitude, but it's divine resources. Ministry takes place when divine resources do what? Meet human needs through loving, not judgmental, loving channels. Why? It's to the glory of God. Meeting needs to meet the real need. Yeah, number one, if you're an outline taker. Meet people at their perceived point of need and point them to Christ, their greatest need. Because it says in Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth, but, this, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? What can, can you make it useful again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. There are times that people around you are in darkness, and we can, we can bring the light. And not only shine the light on their need, but go way beyond that. How can I meet your need here? He's the one really meeting your need. This is a season of great opportunity, I believe, for the single mom in this community. But we've got to back up and say, how do we do this? You know, it was James in the first church, um, and they're trying to figure out what church does, and we're coming out of this very legalistic, rigid uh, pharisaical out of, out, of, out of Jerusalem, and James is setting up the church, and he says, I want to make a statement. It's kind of a standalone almost in James chapter 1, and it says, pure and lasting religion in the sight of God, our Father, means we must care for orphans and widows in their troubles and refuse to let the world corrupt us. This is something we must do. This is something we have an opportunity to do. This is something we're privileged to do. And can I say, the church more than Sheridan House. Because if I come here for help, and you help me, and it's not a handout, it's a hand up, I'm going to help you if you come for budgeting class. I'm going to help you if you come for parenting class. I'm going to help you if you come for employability class. And I'm going to help you. We're going to help you with your FP&L bill. Because it offers hope. It offers hope. But we want to help you become better. I was looking at the volunteer list for our Thanksgiving, single mom Thanksgiving, and I, I, and, and I, was, it, I was broken when I saw the list. As some of them who are signed up because I realize some of them are single moms we worked with 20 years ago. 
and they're coming back to help. Two of them are pediatricians today. One's a bank president, and the other one is a, is a bank vice president. As I was just going down the list, they just needed help. They just needed someone to come alongside them. Yeah, pure and lasting religion in the sight of God our Father means that we must care for orphans and widows in their troubles and refuse to let the world corrupt us. There's a passage here, if you've got a Bible with you, it's in 2 Kings 4. And in 2 Kings 4, it's a little bit of a rebuke, actually, uh, at uh, uh, Elisha, at the pastor. Um, And it's an interesting thing. It says in this passage, One day the widow of one of Elisha's fellow prophets, the widow of another pastor, the widow of another pastor, came to Elisha and cried out to him, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. I love the fact that she's so honest. In other words, did you forget about us? We need help. Did you forget about us? Did you forget about us? No. One of your associate pastors has died. Did you forget about us? I implore you to help us. See, we've reached a place in America where I believe it's only going to be the church that's going to help people with dignity rather than judging. And we've got to decide this is. Helping the family is the core to bring this culture back. Helping the family in the name of Christ is mandatory. Number two on your outline, there are two kinds of help. There are two kinds of single-parent benevolence ministries. One, letter A, is a watch-the-flock ministry. One, le- one is watching the flock amongst us. Who in the flock needs help? Because we come to church and we ask, hey, how you doing? And everybody's wonderful. It baffles me how everybody's wonderful. I'm not always wonderful, but everybody's wonderful. I, I, church is a funny place. Everybody's wonderful and we have church language. Praise God that you never use out there, but you use in here because we're in church and we're in, under the vapor of the whatever it is here. Yeah, rather than, how you doing today? I need for you to pray for me. Well, tell me what's going on. I mean, this has got to be that for us. This has got to be family rather than I've got all of life covered. But then we have to go beyond and we have to be observant. We have to see. At one of our single mom events, a lady uh, called up and said, a single lady called up and said from Miami, do you have everything you need? Uh, I think it was, do you have all the turkeys you need? And I said, yeah, they were donated at the last minute. We've got all the turkeys. This was last year. And she said, uh, is there anything else you need? And I said, honestly, I don't think so. And I, know, I saw that you sent a check to help pay for the turkeys. I'm going to send it back to you. And she said, don't send it back. Let's get creative. And we're talking on the phone. And she says, what about tires? Why don't you go through the lot and look at tires? And I said, uh, okay. What do you, what do you? She said, if you'll go through the lot and look at, look at tires, I'll send you another $20,000. I said, you know what? We're looking at tires. <laughs> and she sent a check, and we're walking through the lot, and I don't know what I'm doing. And John Diaz, who goes to church here, is looking through the lot because he's the manager of a car dealership. And we put a sign on, some, on different cars saying, come back in. We want to give you a gift certificate to go get tires. And the amount of tears and the amount, it was tires. It was just tires. But the amount of hope that somebody noticed this was needed. Flock ministry amongst us. We need to be observant amongst us. We need to be looking. But there's another one, the evangelistic benevolence ministry. That means we need to be looking out there and bringing our friends to church. I think we can help you come on to church. Fight, fight the desire to, can I just help you? Now bring them to church for the glory of God. I got help by my church, not by a nice person. Because it brings them here and they get the real help they need. Elisha's response to her is awesome in verse 2. 
What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? In other words, what can I do to help you? But tell me what you have. Let's, let's start working with what you have. Let's begin with the skills, whatever it is, what you have. Tell me what you have. And he knew that she had more than she thought she had, but this is really, really important. There's an important principle here, and the principle is this. There are many times in life what I need, I don't have, I can't do. It's way, way, way beyond me. And one of the challenging things, especially for, for people who are single parents, either the man or the woman, I would love to change the other house. I can't change the other house. When my kids go to visit, I can't change the other. It's really important to know what I can't do. And there are things you can't do, but the nice thing is the things you can't do, you're not responsible to do. Leave it alone. It's the whole Moses thing. I love the Moses thing when he gets up against the Red Sea. I mean, it's like God brought them to this place. You, we're in trouble. There's no escape. We're up against the Red Sea. But he knows who God is. It's his father, and he holds up that magic stick. And I wouldn't have held it up in front of everybody, to tell you the truth. I'd have held it behind my back in case this thing didn't work. He holds up the magic stick, and when he holds up the magic stick, wow, God parts the waters. And I, I don't think it's amazing that God parts the waters. What I think is amazing is that anybody went. Really? You go first. Text me. <laughs> Text me when you get to the other side. Yeah, I mean, really? Yeah, but they knew who God was, and they trusted who God was. And Moses, no, I can't. It's important to know what you can't. I, I remember a season when we knew that it was time to, to expand the territory at Sheridan House. And when it was time to expand the territory at Sheridan House and get more property, 60 acres became available on Flamingo Road. And uh, we went out, and the man was asking for half a million dollars an acre. And uh, really, I mean, that's... How do we do that? That's $30 million. And we make an offer of $50,000 an acre. And, I, and the cool thing is, I knew he would turn it down. And he says, okay, I'll counter at $53,000 an acre. And one guy with me, Rick Hornsby, says, sold. And I'm looking at him like, you're kidding me, right? And we come out of there, and uh, we realize we have a $3.1 million thing we've got to come up with in two years. And they're asking me in the car, how much do you have? How much does Sheridan House have? Because you don't look so good right now, Bob. <laughs> and I said, we have $10,000. What were we doing in there? And it was the pastor of this church. It was Roby that made a statement. He was 18 years old, and he says to me, Dad, you've got people in churches that love Sheridan House and are generous. Find 60 people, 60 churches. And I remember looking at him like, who would do that? And in 12 months, it was paid for. Wow. And when people have come to town to ask, Bob, how'd you do that? I love when they ask, because I say, I have no clue. Same father you have. And can I say he loves the Church of Jesus Christ more than he loves Sheridan House? This is his bride. I look for the day when the Church of Jesus Christ has so much money through donations that people know they can come here for help rather than to a government agency. And the glory goes to God. The glory goes to God. Yeah. Listen to this. The single parent ministry must be personally tailored to each single parent. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Personally tailored getting to know them. How can we help? How can we come alongside? And I want to tell you something neat about your church that you wouldn't know if I didn't tell it. I was in a meeting uh, last week, and one of the, she's probably 27, 28 years old, works for four kids, and goes to the church I'm at, First Baptist Fort Lauderdale, and serves on a, on a benevolence committee, First Baptist Fort Lauderdale. And uh, she was telling a story, and she's, in the story she said, you know, we have a, a foster parent uh, who needed to get her house painted, 
and she needed to get her house painted. We needed it quickly to be painted and uh, because the HOA was coming after her. And I called West Pines. Now, she doesn't go here. She goes to First Baptist Fort Lauderdale. I called West Pines, and one of the community groups went right out there and painted it. I walked out of that meeting, and I said, you know, the, I know one of the pastors there, Roby, and she, and she, know, she said, well, I knew Rebecca. She worked at four kids. I said, but I've got to ask you, you serve on a committee at First Baptist Fort Lauderdale. Why don't you ask them? He said, because I know West Pines gets it. They get it, and they're serving out there. You're already known for your servant heart, that somebody from across town would make the phone call. You're leading out in this, and other churches are getting it and picking it up. That church has asked Roby to come and sit and just tell us how you set up to do that this next week. Bottom line here is, we're not painting houses. We're working with hopelessness. We're working with hopelessness. It's not about the paint. It's all about the hope. Number four, the goal of helping a single parent is to give her hope. Is to give her hope. You can, you can hear the hope in her thing, in her, her going after Elisha. Have you forgot about us? We're starving. They're going to take my kids away. Have you forgotten? And he says, tell me what you have in the house. And she says, nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. She replied, nothing at all but, but this, this olive oil. I've got this flask of olive oil. All you're responsible to have is what you have. You've got to let go of what you can't fix and you can't change. I'm really, really good at doing that in the morning when I'm praying, Lord, I know this is your part. I can't possibly do that. I can't possibly fix that. Because can I tell you, I was so ecstatic when we paid off the land and then we realized, oh my goodness, now we have to build. And I remember parking on, the, on Flamingo Road one day saying, wow, Lord, if I'm the guy who just got to be around when we bought the 60 acres, I'm good if I never say anything on it. I can't even believe we have this. And I know the angels had to be looking at God saying, is this when we take him out or what? Are you kidding? <laughs> we just saw an amazing miracle here and he's already back in a hole again? Because I, I tend to give the impossible to God, but then by afternoon and evening I'm taking it back. How am I going to do this? How? Bob, here's the most awesome thing. I don't need you, Bob. I don't need you for anything. I permit you. I permit you to watch me do around you what's exceedingly and abundantly beyond all you would ask or imagine. I know, Lord, but I, and forgive me for this. Forgive me for saying this, but you take so long sometimes. <laughs> oh, Bob. You need so much training. Yeah. Yeah, number five, when you're out of hope, you become blind to God's help. When you're out of hope, you miss the little things. You miss the little nuances that he's doing. He asks her, what do you have? And she says, well, I really don't have anything but this little flask of olive oil. Verse three says, and Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can, as you can from your friends and neighbors. Oh, you do have friends and neighbors. Borrow as, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting the jars aside as they are filled. So we've got these big jars, and I'm going along, pouring... Wow! 
Well, I mean, wow. You're not responsible to do the impossible. You're not responsible to do the impossible. Can I just say that again? It's very difficult for a new man on our staff. Um, his name is Don King. He's the CFO at Sheridan House, not the, Don, not the Don King boxing promoter, a different Don King. And he's uh, on our staff, and he came out of being the CFO of Enterprise and retired early and came uh, into the ministry after he retired, just like, I need to do something. And so he's been our CFO, and watching him walk down the hall the other day, it's been a month now, and say, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, what's that? He said, well, we just gave all that money away to the single moms, and payday is Friday, and uh, we're $7,000 short for payday. And he said, uh, what do you do with that? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, do you call? Do you make calls? What do you, what do, you do with that? And I said, you know, I don't really do anything with that. I never really have done anything with that. Uh, you're scaring me now like I should be doing something with that. But. <laughs> and so at the end of the day, we're walking to the parking lot at 6.30, and he comes over with Rick, uh, and they both, thank you for that. How long has that been happening? And he comes over with Rick, and he says, I don't know how this works here. In the mail... $37,000 arrived in all these little checks. Did you make a phone call? And I said, Don, it's only been six hours. How would it arrive in the mail if I made a phone call? <laughs> and he cares more about you and more about this bride than he does about sure enough isn't going to heaven. It's just bricks. He's got a plan for us, but we've got to trust him. We've got to trust him. And trust only grows during the difficult times. When I, okay, I can't trust in my wallet on this one. I've got to trust in you on this one. And Elisha said, borrow as many of the empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. And then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting the jars aside as they are filled. Verse 5 is so important. She did as she was told. And I can imagine saying, I don't know why I'm doing this, but oh my goodness. She did as she was told. She did as he was told. It's just like Luke 5, where Jesus is preaching. And he's preaching, and he sees two boats in Luke 5 and that are empty, so he gets in the boats because the people are crowding against him so he can step the pulpit back a little bit as he's talking to him. And he gets into the boat of Simon Peter's, who's washing his nets. He's just finished fishing all night. You fish the Sea of Galilee at night. You don't fish it during the day. He just finished fishing, and it's early morning. And Jesus, when Jesus had finished speaking, it says in verse 4, he said to Simon, and now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets and you will catch many fish and and peter's response is so cool master we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing but if you say so we'll try again and at this time their nets were so full they began to tear he doesn't want you necessarily to figure it out he just wants you to trust him he just wants you to trust what it says in here and live it and live it. In fact, trust it, not even fearfully. Okay. We need to come alongside people whose hope is damaged. We need to come alongside each other when our hope is damaged. We need to be truthful with each other. My hope is damaged. Yeah, Simon Peter, and I think there was sarcasm in there. We worked hard all night and didn't catch anything. It says in the, New, in the New King James, nevertheless, at your bidding, we'll let down the nets. And you almost hear him say, and you stay here in the boat. I want you to watch. And you almost hear him saying, what is it with you preachers that think you know something about everything? Really? 
Obviously, you know nothing about fishing. There's no... No, but it was Jesus. He is either all God, or why are we here on Sunday? And he wants to use us, because the focal point, number six, the focal point of hope is to live the journey of believing Jesus has the answers. That Jesus has the answers for your needs. That Jesus has the answer for your marriage. Especially during the difficult times. Especially during the difficult times. Jesus has the answer for your finances, your future. Yeah. It says, Her sons brought many jars to her, and she filled one after another, after another, after another. She got her hope back. Once she got her hope back, then she knew, I'm not alone. I have you. My boys have a father. My kids have a father. And even in my life, if I'm just the dad. I'm just dad. They have a father. Many of you know this story about Isaac. And Isaac uh, was at Sheridan House for years, and then uh, not maybe two years. And uh, he just kind of got it, but didn't get it, but kind of got it. We knew he could do better. And th- that house father you saw up there got all in his life and loved on him, and prayed with him, and prayed with him. And Isaac, at the end of two years, left Sheridan House, and he did what we kind of thought he was going to do. He quit school. Ninth grade, quit school. Stopped going to school. And then fast forward almost 20 years, and he's in my lobby in a suit at Sheridan House. He's in the Sheridan House lobby in a suit. And I come out and meet him, and he hands me his calling card, and I say to Benetta, my administrative assistant, while I'm ta- and I say it right in front of him, while I'm taking him on a tour, would you go check and tell- find out if this is true? He starts laughing. And we go on a tour, and we come back, and uh, Benetta looks at me and says, it's true. And I look at him and say, sit down, you've got to explain this to me, man. You hated school, you quit school. I'm looking at this card here, and uh, I'm in shock. And he said, you know, I came to Sharon House and learned. Or the kid that comes to youth group and learns. And the kid that comes to church and learns. I learned that Jesus had a plan for my life. And I got the discipline for Mr. Griffith on how to follow that plan. I just wasn't ready to do it yet. So yeah, I quit school. And then at 18, I got my GED. And then I went to Broward and got, and got my college degree. And then I went to Florida State because I couldn't get into the University of Florida. No, I got, went to Florida State and, and, got, and got my master's degree. And then I went to Amherst and got my PhD. And I'm a professor at the University of, 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 of St. Oglethorpe's today in sociology. This is what we can do as a church. Changing futures, offering hope. Changing futures, offering hope. This is, this, this, this is what will change America. This is what will bring it back. People like this. Soon every container was full to the brim. And can I tell you, this is more than containers. This is hope. Because I know, Elisha, you're not doing this. You advised me and pointed me to do this, Pastor. But I know it's Almighty God. He has not abandoned me. I just needed some direction. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And the olive oil started flowing. When she didn't need it anymore, there wasn't any more there. Done. Verse 7 says, when she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts. And there will be enough money left over to support you and your, son, you and your sons. This ministry, I believe, and you would expect me to say this, is one of the most significant ministries in our culture today. So that the next generation goes out understanding, I have a relationship with God. I have a community called church that really, really, really loves me and is helping me get get by, get through. 
Number seven, the church's ministry to single parents is not a one-stop plugging the levy. It's for the development of an ongoing relationship. It's development of an ongoing relationship. We're going to meet needs to meet the big needs. Meet needs to develop relationships. Meet needs to point to Christ. Meet needs so that next time you come, bring your budget. Let's work on your budget because you've got to have a budget. But can I also say, he's got a plan for you. Be careful about your personal life. Be careful about your personal life. Either God has the plan here, or wow, you're back on your own again. You don't want to miss this. Be very, very, very careful. So number eight, our assignment, our assignment is to meet needs and point to Christ. Is to meet needs and point to Christ. Is to meet needs and point to Christ. One more single parent story. And some of you know Josh's story. I'm watching Josh come to Sheridan House. His mom, single parent mom, was from Jamaica and comes to Sheridan House. Big, really big boy. And when he came to Sheridan House, a little bit, little bit lazy, and he learned how to work, and he learned that Jesus had a plan for his life. And he came and he, he went, arrived with all, with, I'm sorry, four F's and two D's, and he left after 14 months making all A's because he was learning that Christ had a plan for his life. Went to Hollywood Hills High School, graduated making all A's, an all-county football player, got a full ride to the University of Massachusetts, Uh, where he finished up there and then came down to play two years for the Dolphins, and now he's with the Minnesota Vikings. But here's the cool story. When he got his first check, the big one with the Dolphins, there's kind of a tradition of buying some kind of big special car. He didn't do it. He bought his mom a condo, bought his mom a really nice car, bought himself a Chevrolet. He got it. Jesus has a plan. We have an opportunity because there are people with needs to help them with their felt need to go after their real need. Jesus has a plan. Some of you are sitting here today and thinking to yourself, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I'm not a single parent or I am a single parent or I am a single dad or I am a, we're married, but I don't even know where to begin this. How do I begin this? What do I do here? It starts with Jesus Christ. I know, I knew you'd say that, Barnes. I have no clue what that means. And can I say, I didn't either. But I had to start. You know, it's, it's kind of like when you got your, your iPhone. I, I, I don't know, I don't have a clue. But you got to start. And it starts by plugging in the SIM card so you're connected. you got to get connected. You connect by acknowledging that Jesus took your place on the cross. You connect by acknowledging that God loves you so much. Your Father loves you so much, he put on skin. Don't understand that. Walk this planet as Jesus Christ and was the ultimate sacrifice for you. For you. And he came so you wouldn't miss it. Some of you are sitting here today saying, how do I start that? We're going to help with that this morning. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And as you're bowing your heads, wow. I'm going to pray a prayer that you can pray after me. And I'll stop between the, and just pray that prayer silently in your heart. Begin today. It's the beginning. I have to acknowledge I'm a sinner. I have to acknowledge I need help. I have to acknowledge I turn to you. Thank you for taking my place. And then it begins. A relationship with Christ. Why would you miss that? He's got a plan for you. Would you bow your heads? And as we're bowing our heads, if that's you, pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, Thank you for taking my place on the cross.
today I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. And that's an easy acknowledgement, Lord. I want the hope that only you can offer. Thank you for taking my place. Thank you for offering me eternal life. I know I get that today. And thank you for offering me a meaningful life on this planet. I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. And Father, for all of us, can the great revival start right here, right here in southwest Broward, right here in Broward County, where people are being ministered to such an amazing extent, amazing, Lord Jesus, that the rest of the community, the rest of the state, the rest of the country has to say, something different is happening in Broward. Thank you, Father. We want that to happen here. Use us. Spend us. Help us sacrifice all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources and to check out other teaching series, please visit our website at westpines.org. If you would like to speak with somebody about beginning a relationship with Jesus or ask any questions you have about this teaching, please call at 954-432-0321. Or you can email us at podcast at westpines.org.